Welcome to the Hole in the Wall Business Podcast with Bill and James. I'm James Groves, and along with my business partner, Bill DeMent, we want to share our journey as small business owners with you. As owners of Hole in the Wall Drywall Repair, we will attempt to peel back the curtain of owning a small business in the trade service industry and talk about the many adventures of owning a small business. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, James. How are you? I'm excited. It's a good day today. Hey, we've got one of our uh, returning guests today. I'm really excited, David Edmondson. I know. I mean, it was great. He was on the podcast a while, while back. And so it's, thanks for being here, David. Thank you. I appreciate you bringing me back. Wrong no, thanks for being. Thanks for that. But well, thanks. Well, did, you got, did, did you hear what I just played? I just no. love the applause. I played the, That's not. No, hang on. You deserve better, David. <laughs> you, deserve, you, you deserve better, David. I don't know about that, that's but go great. ahead. Well, there we go. That's, that's more right. appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. And he he deserves a second one because he showed up here with breakfast pastries this morning. Oh, what are those yeah. things called, David? Casitos. Oh, they were terrific. Cuban oh, pastries that are deadly. Yeah. <laughs> they are they are deadly. Yes. 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 Thank you. In my my waist, thanks you. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, David, we are glad you're back. I mean, you Thank are you. the one of the owners of Colonial Florists. We did a great podcast last year, um, just kind of highlighting your family's history. Um, I'll find the episode number here, and we'll, we'll I think reference it. Was thirteen. It. Thirteen. Okay, perfect. And it was great. Um, and so we became friends. Then uh, we wanted you back because I know you got tons of stories. Why don't you just give a quick rundown of where you've been and how's business going? Business has been good. Um, COVID did a lot of uh, affected our industry quite a bit. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of shops that did not have a long term relationship with their customers. Um, they folded. So. Um, we're basically survivalists, you know, and uh, we've done very well. It's been a pleasure. The people have been great, and so things have been doing really well. Excellent. The family's good. Everybody's good. My brother's enjoying his retirement a little bit, so... Right. Um, goals. Yeah, is this, this is a brother that was involved with you in the in the flower mm -hmm. shop? Right. He's mm -hmm. two years older than I am. And, okay. And so last year, he started getting more serious about taking time off. Yeah. And so he'll come in when we... You know, prod him a little bit. Sometimes it takes a cattle prod to get him in, but you know, <laughs> but he does come in and actually contributes to things, and and he enjoys it and gets to catch up on things like that. But we see each other all the time anyway, right. so it's just yeah. a matter of him being back in the shop. Wow. Well, we're in this in this season. Um, it's the January. It's you know we're we're rushing to get taxes. You know, Monday the twenty third is when we can start filing taxes and. Um, I'm sure, as a business owner, for all the years you've uh, been running your business, you've got some some stories, good or bad. Um, curious, have you had have you if, have you had any issues that maybe someone like me can learn from? Oh yeah, um, I think anybody that does payroll long enough is going to eventually have an issue with the IRS. Well, yeah. you know, um, you have tax. You have to learn when to deposit taxes, payroll taxes. Payroll taxes are probably the most dangerous of all your taxes that you're going to yeah. do because the IRS has absolutely no qualms about shutting you down if you miss them. Hmm. I had a, a customer out in Winter Garden a long time ago that didn't believe in, in thought that income tax was unconstitutional. Oh. And he fought with them for a couple of years until he went on vacation one day and they came in and just took everything and locked him down. Um, payroll taxes, however, they don't, you don't mess with employees' taxes. Right. They, they are very, very serious about it. They'll work with you 
if you're mm-hmm. late on your income taxes and things like that. They will not work with you if you're doing your payroll taxes wrong and mm-hmm. your employee taxes wrong. So it's it's a very serious thing to them, and, and it should be, yeah. and, I, and I, I appreciate the fact. But yes, um, I remember the, the one that was really difficult was in 2014. We had just gotten QuickBooks. And if, if you do QuickBooks payroll, um, you do the, the 1040s, and mm-hmm. those get printed out. Then you do a single report. It's called W2, W3. W2s are what you give to the employees. W3 is the summary. So the W2s actually go to the Social Security office. They don't go to the IRS. The W3 goes to the IRS, Mm. and that's the summary page says this is how much we did, and they have to balance. And QuickBooks does that all, and it's one report, one single report. So I got, in 2015, a notice that's saying you haven't turned in your W2s. I went, yes, I did. Mm. And so... I called QuickBooks and they gave me a tracking number that they had done because it had filed electronically. Sent it off to them, which they promptly sent me another notice saying, no, you haven't gotten them. So this was 2015. So later, about three months later, I got a notice saying, we still need your W-2s for 2014. Hmm. I went, okay. So I just took hard copies and I you know, physically mailed them mm-hmm. off to them. Right. And I said, fine. So end of 2015, I get a bill for having late W-2s. Oh. 100 bucks a W-2 for being late. Ouch. So I had 10 employees. It was $1,000 wow. that I owed. I went, wait a minute. You, you, you got my W-3, but you didn't get my W-2? Mm-hmm. And so you have an option called an abatement. So you can talk to, you know, you send a little, send them all the information you know, and email that or mail it to them, mm-hmm. registered mail. And then they look at it and tell you what's going to happen. And so I did the abatement, gave them the tracking number, and they went, too bad. So then you have the next step is an appeal. And so I talked to the agent and she said, well, you have to appeal that to the Social Security office, not the IRS, because it's the W-2s that you're missing. We got the W-3. Mm. So they gave me the information and I mailed off my, you know, appeal. paperwork to that for the appeal. And they sent me a notice that they, the IRS sent me a notice that that had gotten there. And then about 2016, I get a, we're going to take the $1,000 out of your bank account. Went, mm-hmm. Whoa, 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 whoa. I've already, I'm in appeal. I haven't heard anything yet. Mm-hmm. And um, so I called them up and she said, well, I can give you a 30, I mean, a three-month leeway wait on the right. you know the, the appeal so I said fine so they they took that off and then I got a notice from the IRS, IRS saying you know we're still working on your case mm-hmm. this went on for two years wow. I just get a notice and then every once in a while I'd get someone saying oh I'm, we're going to take the money out of your account and mm-hmm. I'd call them up and they'd fix that mm. and eventually everything disappeared 2017 it mm. just I didn't get any notices. I evidently had fallen through the cracks. Mm. I said, I don't owe the money. Right. I paid my thing on time, so I'm just going to stay hidden. Mm. Last year, Uh-oh. popped up. Now seven years later. said, oh, you know, you did this. Mm-hmm. So this time I did straight. So I called the um, Social Security office, and I said, what are you doing here? You, you guys had, I had an appeal with you, and 
I never got notification. I never got any result of it. And she was, was silent for about 10 seconds, 20 seconds. And she went, we don't have the process to appeal. I said, what do you mean? She said, we don't do appeals. Appeals are with the IRS. So this whole time... You were thinking... I had sent it to the Social Security office because that's what the IRS agent told me to do. Uh-oh. And there was no appeal office to go to. And so then I called the IRS back and said, hey, this, this is the story. Fortunately, when you're dealing with the IRS, they record that phone call and they write mm. everything down. So she, they could look at the record and go, oh, this agent at, you know, in 2014 or 2015 oh said send the appeal. Oh. And so this time when I did the appeal, they allowed it. Oh. And so they gave it back and I was done. But it was seven years. Holy so rolling. when you're dealing with the IRS, you have to, there's a couple things you need to consider. I had a pleasant conversation with every one of them. They were, they were easy people to work with. They, they tried to help as much as they can. They are very insulated with each other. One side of the department, just because this company, part of the department says, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, what's the term? They, they're siloed. Yeah, they come. absolutely. They're just in their own silo. Well, they don't and the communicate. whole department is, there is no there is no communication between the IRS, Social Security. You have to follow it up. So when you are dealing with the, when you realize you're going to have an issue with the IRS, the first thing you do is when you talk to an agent, you get his name, his, mm. he's got a number, and you you keep your records just as well because you don't know how long they're going. You know, most, yeah, good most records you can get three to five years, you throw all that away. Don't you right. ever throw that stuff away because it can come back because it yeah. took me seven years to get seven this years, straight. Yeah. That's a long time. And so um, the second thing you do is you have to follow through to make sure it gets updated to whoever it is. Listen, I talked to this agent over here. They said, this is what they're going to do, and I'm telling you now that this is what I'm expecting to have happen. Mm -hmm. They're very reasonable people. I mean, as long as they understand that you're not trying to steal, you're not trying to you know, lie to them, right. you're being open and honest. Again, you have to have in that attitude. You have to have, be honest. You know, one of, one of integrity is a big th part of being a corporation, being any kind of sure. business, being any kind of person. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, my dad always taught me, he says, if you don't lie, you don't ever have to remember what you said. My dad used to say that. Yeah. It's a great, yeah. it's a great, <laughs> it's a great thing. thing. It's, it, it's, yeah. It is. Oh. And, and it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So when your business, when you open up a business, you have those decisions to make about how you're going, wh who are you going to be, you know, mm -hmm. as a, as a business, as a person, it's got to be a reflection of who you are. So that always happened. So that was one, the first time I ever had a problem, a big issue with the IRS eventually. But if you don't follow through, if you don't keep your paperwork, you have a file that says IRS and the dates and you write down everything that you can. So oh. you can go back and, and keep track of what's supposed to happen. So and you have to stay proactive. Was, was that your job though for those seven years that that was you personally? You had well, to deal with the these payroll. phone calls? Yeah, and, I do payroll. Oh, you do the payroll. Okay. Because pay QuickBooks payroll is pretty straightforward and easy. Right. Mm -hmm. The second issue I had was um, two years ago and I'm balancing check. If you've ever balanced a checkbook by hand in a business versus QuickBooks, it's like it used to take me three hours. I my can father, only imagine. My father and my brother have a tendency to write a check and take it out of the checkbook and never record it. Right. Right. So I was always looking for stuff. And when you're off, you know, there, there's a saying, bookkeeper told me, he says, if you're off a penny, you're not there. 
says you have when you're balancing a checkbook because you could be off a thousand dollars one way and nine hundred and ninety nine dollars another way mm-hmm. and it only it nets out as a one penny mm-hmm. so that one cent doesn't really represent one cent it could be a whole sorts of different things mm. and it frequently was with me some of it was my fault some of it was you know my dad's and my brother's fault it, it didn't matter anyway QuickBooks fixes all that and mm-hmm. it's very easy to balance checkbook then I was doing my January statement and I looked and I saw six tax deposits from that hadn't cleared. Mm. I went, uh-oh, because these were payroll tax deposits. Right. So I immediately called um, QuickBooks, and what had happened is there's a, a website now that when you're doing electronic filing. It's the electronic filing ETPFS or something like that. Mm-hmm. They stopped my... Um, they changed the password. They didn't like. They wouldn't accept the password anymore. They just arbitrarily on October twenty third. Is that right? That this password is no longer valid. Right. When you set it up with QuickBooks, I sent it to an email. I didn't want my my personal emails or my business main business emails getting all that IRS stuff. Right. So I had a separate, mm-hmm. and I didn't really look at it. Mm. That was a mis- my, that was my fault. Because when I went back and looked at them, those had been rejected because it would never log in. Mm. So I said, okay. So we had. to go into QuickBooks with QuickBooks help and take all those out, you know, and then put them back in. Then I called the IRS and said, okay, this is what's happened. You know, Mm. I had a problem. I didn't realize I was having a problem. This is what happened. So those kind of things sneak up on you. And, and so she said, well, I can't do anything until it works its way through the system. And so sure enough, it works its way through the system. I had a, I don't know, $1,700 penalty. Mm-hmm. You know, plus the taxes, but I'd already paid that. Yeah. I just did the abatement. She said, "Look, this—they should take this," and they did. And you know, mm-hmm. they just threw it away, and and it was fine. But you just have to maintain those kind of things and know it's better to stick your head out of it. Yeah, she's got the paperwork going. Oh, you called me two months ago, said you're going to have a problem. Here it is. This is what happened. You were being honest. You just made a mistake or mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So it's very important to be honest with the IRS. It's very important to be straightforward with them. And understand that payroll taxes are something that mm-hmm. they don't like you to play. They with. take very seriously. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I, I I find it interesting that you're the one that balances the QuickBooks file. So I mean, I, I know my weakness. And listen, I'm married to an accountant. She <laughs> she she's brilliant. She's wonderful. But we have an in-house lady for that. Gigi um, does all of our internal books. She balances on a daily basis, reconciles yeah. all of our stuff. And because of that. There's a little bit of a, of a piece that I, I, I have with it. Um, I do know that the, we get IRS letters, and sometimes they're just like, hey, we changed the, the, the suffix of your zip code, and it's now, you know, right. it's a waste of space, waste of time. Mm-hmm. They've spent taxpayer money to send me a piece of paper that they didn't need to do. And every now and then you get a piece of paper that's like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> and so I immediately forward that to uh, my wife, my CPA, my bookkeeper, and then they, they yeah, go, they all the whole team gets they, it. They, they they get and they run with it. We had a problem with payroll, not with payroll, but because uh, we had some injuries with with workers comp. Oh yeah, our, several years ago, and our workers comp it canceled us, and we couldn't get we could get workers comp. It wasn't good workers comp, so we wanted some some good workers comp to pr- protect our employees and our customers. And our agent at the time said, listen, we can do it, but we got to do it through a PEO. And I didn't know what that was at the time, but basically a PEO is they will do all of our payroll right. and our workers' comp. And they take care of if you want to do insurances and stuff, they'll do that as well. 
And um, so we shopped around and begrudgingly, it was a little bit more money. We went with a PEO. Um, I'm not sure I'll ever go back because they took care. They still, to this day, take care. All we have to do is submit the timesheets. Right. And they they calculate. And if they mess something up, they own it. They fix it. And and when it comes Don't to, they also administer the uh, retirement they do our program some, so, right. so we can do withdrawals 401k. for the employees weekly and they administer that yeah mm-hmm. mine's a little more simple than that and you know mm-hmm. i've only got eight or nine employees mm-hmm. so it yeah. doesn't it's not that big a deal for me I'm, and I, you guys I, aren't necessarily climbing ladders and, and correct doing, my yeah, yeah my workers comp is seven dollars an hour for a driver oh, and and yeah. you know 38 cents an hour for a office girl or whatever it is right. you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's oh, dirt yeah, cheap. you guys are a lot higher yeah. yeah, you know, I've yeah. got friends that are work architectural sheet metal, which is a um, they do roofing. Yeah, yeah there's like a hundred dollars an hour. Yeah, oh my you know, you know, no. thank God we don't have that. Um, but it allows us to have that that just a little. And if someone does get hurt, right, I now have a system to send them into. You know, one of the things that that we run into all the time is like on Valentine's and Mother's Day, we bring in drivers. We don't mm-hmm. bring in. We work ahead and we work smart. And we don't hire any more designers than we normally have. And, you know, we we do all we go from thirty to fifty a day to two hundred on the thirteenth and four hundred and fifty. Yeah, and you're talking about flower orders, deliveries, yeah. just mm-hmm. deliveries, not okay. walking out the door. But okay, deliveries. Mm-hmm. So we're doing six hundred and fifty, seven hundred deliveries in two days. Oof. Well, you're not going to do that with two drivers, you no. know. So we have so, somewhere between fifteen and twenty drivers contract. You know, they they only come there. They don't have workers' comp right. insurance. They're usually, usually private individuals. Mm-hmm. So I have to pay workers' comp yes. on the, sal- the money that I pay them. It doesn't, yeah. because I include that in my audit every year that I've paid $20,000 in, in contract library. And so that's covered because if, you know, if anybody knows, uh, uh, when a personal injury attorney gets a hold of a, an accident <clears throat> and, um, they just throw a wide cast net, so they go after the person who owns the car. Mm-hmm. They go after the person who the other person who owns the car. Then, if it's a company car, they go after that, and then they go after that, and they go. Well, did you have workers' comp? Oh, you don't. Mm-hmm. Well, well, then now we're going after you. you mm-hmm. know, so, being incorporated keeps you from going after your personal. But if you're not even incorporated, yep. then go after your house because yep. your driver, your contract driver, killed somebody, and yep. and now they're looking for a million dollars, and yep. you're going to find it one way or the other. Yeah. So it's very important to those contractor people that you pay workers' comp on, even though they're only working for you a day or two, a year, you still need to pay those that workers' comp insurance on that. Yeah. And, and really it's for your protection and Absolutely. our customers as well. One of the things that we ran into, you know, there's a lot of handymen. There's a lot of, you know, one-man shows, chucking the trucks, as we call them, or standing in the van. And they're cheaper than we are. You know, they, right. they I mean, I know someone can come to your house and probably patch a whole, you know, sometimes half the price that we are. But what they don't have is is insurance. They're not covered. They don't mm-hmm. necessarily have liability insurance. They don't. So if they damage something in your home, how are they going to pay for it? Or they don't have workers' comp, right? And and if they become injured in a customer's home and they don't have work, you know, the proper insurance, mm-hmm. then the homeowner's insurance is on the hook. Yeah, I, I had. A, um, I think I told you guys last time I was here that the guy, three guys are notorious for that they you know <clears throat> they give you a quote because it's not it's you know a thousand dollars less than somebody else's quote and so well mm-hmm. we don't have to have workers comp because they're private you know all my p- workers are private individuals right 
And so, but none of those guys, I mean, you're talking about some, you know, laborer that mm-hmm. doesn't have yes. workers comp and they don't tell you that, well, if he gets injured, he falls out of that tree, we're coming after your homeowner. The homeowner is, But yeah, they both. represent that as they don't need it, but they don't yeah. tell you that that's, they don't need it because they're going after you instead of them. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. That's why we hire mainly just W-2 employees. Right. They just fall underneath our wing, our umbrella. Everything is done. Care of all that. Mm-hmm. Because we, we can't, you know, someone can get a workers' comp exemption. You know, but what does that mean? That means that if they get hurt, someone's got to pay that. They bill. just go up the line until they find the money pot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I have a story. One of my buddies um, years ago, he's, he owns a painting company in town, and he had a guy that he hired. And, you know, a lot of times they hire laborers and Home Depot guys or whatever. But they were painting a house, and he was basically on the second floor painting an eave for a home. And he stepped backwards and he stepped through the screen enclosure and he fell and he, the employee passed away. He died. And, and he says, I, if I did not have the proper insurance and the workers' comp, then that homeowner would have had, it, would, it could have closed my business down. Yeah, and, absolutely. And luckily, thank God, he actually had the right stuff and he was able to take care of the employee's family. But boy, what a scary sight just to think. You know, I, I think everybody that starts a business, they try to go by with a minimum type of insurance, but there's certain things that they need. You know, mm-hmm. two things that really stood out to me with insurance is I'm, I used to teach the Dave Ramsey class. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know who he is. but Of course. Um, he's the one that taught us um, that liability is the cheapest part of your car insurance. It's collision and the no fault that costs so much. So most Liability policies carry a 100,000, 300,000. Right. You know, 100,000 per individual, 300 per maximum. Go ahead and go into the emergency room and see what your bill is. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. You you hit a car with three people in it and they all go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. You know, you're at a half a million to a million dollars. And so carrying a half a million dollars of liability insurance on your car costs you a couple hundred bucks a year. Yeah more than what it would and it protects you and then the other thing that really surprised me is that when we started an umbrella policy that just i've got a two million dollar umbrella policy that just is there in case whatever else it's it's another set of lawyers it's five hundred dollars a year yes Mm -hmm. you know my business insurance is twenty five hundred dollars and doesn't carry half but now i have someone if something really bad happens and they Mm -hmm. can start there it is for them yeah, and really, it's free insurance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. I'm curious, David. I have a. Do you remember the guy who was the financial guy before Dave Ramsey? No, I can't think of his name. He used to be on the radio, but he had a Clark, saying. Clark Howard. Clark Howard. No, 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 no. This is prior to Clark Howard. Even. Oh yeah. Um, and I can't think of his name at the moment, but he had a saying that you buy insurance to take a risk for you that you can't afford to take yourself. Absolutely. And it's that's been. That's been sound advice over the years. And you just have to be selective of what type of insurance that you have and where you need to spend your and, money. And the proper amount, because I do know right. people who have, have bought way too much. Absolutely. Um, and um, they're yeah. overinsured. They're spending too much of their of their income or profits on insurance mm-hmm. unnecessarily. So this is where you want to, you know, you bring in the, the professional insurance person to help assess that. Yeah. The other um, insurance thing that we learned was that um, hospitalization program, you know, they're, they're expensive, but if you want to cover yourself, then you have to also cover everybody else. You can't, yeah, that's you can't right. have a hospitalization program. So that's one of the things we do. We pay, we pay a hundred percent of all of the employees. Wow. 
hospitalization. That's generous. Yeah. Because I know it's not cheap. But it's part of our culture. It's mm-hmm. part of taking care of, because we're a family-owned business. Yes. It's part of taking care of the family as far as we're Because most of right. these employees have been with us for over 10 years. You know, wow. they're, they're still there. Um, they've had requests to go other places. You know, other people have tried to take them away, but it's just... You know they're being treated well, and that's part of it is is making sure that they're covered and taken care of. Because let's face it, so a lot of those workers they don't have a college education, they're not business savvy. savvy. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you when you take care of them, they understand that that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and you guys do the same thing. You buy them lunch. You know, you have part. You know, lunches and you share food together. Yeah. And I think that's that's something we do all the time. Yeah. It, it, we share food with each other. We share time with each other. You mm-hmm. know, and. We try to make it as as family oriented, and the cost is minimal to what the yeah. well for the goodwill you that you build with yeah. with yeah. employees. Yeah, you know when when someone files um, when you have to fire someone or someone files you know unemployment, there the your rates go up almost mm-hmm. exactly how much you, they pay out. You mm-hmm. know, so whatever they're paying that employee that you lost, you're going to pay in premiums the following year, right. and so it's. Really, it's cheaper to feed them and treat them right than it is to pay, you know, unemployment yeah. insurance for That's those true. people. And, and really, I mean, that culture of just taking care of your – we see our coworkers almost as much of them more than we see our own families. Absolutely. And so why would we not want to treat them, you know, you come to my house, I'm feeding you. Mm-hmm. you know? So listen, we can't do it every day um, just for scheduling, but we actually we, – I've got a – a griddle, and we've got air fryers, and yeah. we've got all kinds. So we, we're constantly making mm-hmm. stick around for lunch. When the podcast is over, we'll we'll feed you. Yeah. Right. I think today is shrimp fried rice. Shrimp fried so, rice today. So yeah. yeah, we do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Probably twice a week, we we treat everyone for dinner. I don't. Sometimes it's pizzas, whatever they want to do. Sure. Yeah. But um, it just then you get to stop to eat together, and you get to mm-hmm. talk together, and, and then on Friday nights, sometimes they'll have a you know a margarita together mm-hmm. after work. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to kind of keep an eye on that so that it doesn't become two or three, mm-hmm. but it's one. Mm-hmm. But it's still time to share about the whole week, and, and so right. those yeah. are ways that you help keep people feeling that they are a part of something bigger than they are. Yeah. Well, and and I think why we connect. Uh, you know, you and the whole in the wall team here, we, but we kind of, we, cause we see the value um, in the culture of our businesses. And as we grow, as your company grows, you have to develop, you know, policies and employee manuals and you have to develop, you know, what happens if this happens and that happens. Well, we talked about you know, this on a, on a podcast. You have to, you, every company has a culture, mm-hmm. but if you want a good one, you have to be really intentional about it because, mm-hmm. Even if you're not intentional, a culture will develop at your company. Right. And it may or may not be the one you want. Correct. Yeah, you, there is you, a culture developing. One way or the other. Yes. One, one way, way or the other. other. And, and I think you have to incorporate that into your thought processes because there's actually two cultures. There's a culture for your employees and there's a culture for your um, your customers. And they're very similar and they all generate from, for you, it's for you two and for us, it's a family. Mm-hmm. But that bleeds into each other. And, and so the same way you treat your employees is the same way you treat your customers. And so that's very intentional. You have to make up your mind that that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, policies are, I think payroll is probably where the biggest group of policies have to be done. Right. Um, you have to know how long you work before you get vacation. What What's included in your benefits? Are you doing 401s? All those things are policies that you really have to have so that 
when you come back um, and they look at it, they go, okay, I've been here a year, I'm ready for a week's vacation or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Those things should be written down so that everybody can see that. Um, you can't make policies to form a culture. You know, right. I, as I've mentioned before, I have very many friends that work for a large corporation, and I, I don't think I could even live there for a week, let alone work there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, everything is in the HR department. They have to be careful. I have a friend of mine that worked for um, a Coleman Rockets. Somebody got a paper cut mm-hmm. on their hand, and they had to call a hazmat team to come in and get the blood off the floor because it was like literally five drops of blood and it wow. took three hours of time all because they're covering That's themselves awesome. yeah. you know it, it's yeah. all all that kind of thing and you don't need that in a small company and, and you and if you try to put a policy that dictates how they treat customers and stuff it's a waste of time because that's part of what your culture does mm-hmm. when you talk to them i had simple conversation i was noticing that all my employees were not they were being 10 minutes late mm-hmm. to work and i said so i stopped and i said listen what are you guys doing here I pay you from the moment you get in. As soon as you clock in, you're on the clock and you're getting paid. So why are you late? You know, there's no reason for that. I said it needs to stop. And so um, it got better for a couple of weeks, and then they got right back into it. And I went, you know, you guys are going to make me be a jerk here, aren't you? Because, uh-huh. But if you, make, if you continue doing this, I'm going to make a policy, mm-hmm. and you're not going to like the policy. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to say you're allowed two times a month to get, be late, and then you're fired. You know, mm-hmm. Dave yeah. Ramsey does the same thing. Yeah. He does, it's an extended. The second time you're late is your last time you're late. Yeah. Right. And I think that's kind of an extreme. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I didn't have to write a policy. They got right. the idea that, come on, you are adults. Mm-hmm. Be on time. Yeah. They're, they're just silly. One, one of the things that we learned a couple of years ago, uh, and we're certainly not original with it, but we have adopted it, the philosophy that employees don't do what you expect they do what you inspect. Right. So if they know you're watching and and there is e- policy or not, if they know what the expectation is yeah. and you're inspecting for the expectation. Right. Yeah. I, I do have, I do have a, 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 a tardy issue. I mean, punctuality is probably one of my, my, you know, pet peeves. If someone, listen, I'm okay if you're late occasionally and we have a, we have a late policy, but if you don't communicate, right. that you're going to be late. Right. Um, and now I'm expecting you to be here a certain time. Now my crew shows up and then they leave. So if someone's 10 minutes late, you have delayed the entire crew by 10 minutes. Um, but occasionally you got someone that, listen, I, I, right. The baby was sick. I got a traffic, traffic, ticket, whatever. Extra my bad. alarm yeah. didn't go off. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it so, happens. Yeah. And so I heard this, I heard this a few years ago, but we, we developed the, it's the, uh, the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we're, you know, but firm, if you abuse me, the, the policy goes into hard effect. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I treat everyone the same. You Absolutely. Know? So, so, but if you if you communicate and you, we're all human. We all have issues. Um, same with with call offs. Like, if you're here within your first ninety days and you've called off three times in your first ninety days, historically, you're not going to make it. Right. Right. Because um, typically, you can be a good boy or girl for three months. Right. It's usually after the 90 days that people start to go, oh, I'm comfortable, they can't fire me. James, um, my, my dad used to have a saying. He said, time wounds all heals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can, you can only hide it so long. If right. you're really not a, a good person, a good employee, eventually that varnish is going to come off and you're going to be seen for what you really are. That's true. You can't, really, you can't hide it forever. 
Yeah. I guess some can, but. <laughs> I've never met one that did. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But you try not to get to that point where you have to rely on policy. Mm-hmm. You, you know, communication is, is important. Yeah. Um, delivery guys, they have to deal with traffic. I, I'm, I'm amazed constantly that they've been driving for, I haven't had a, uh, an insurance claim on my vehicle for, I don't know, 10 years. Wow. And they're driving, they're putting 60,000 miles a year yeah. in traffic. Yeah. On times, mm-hmm. you know, all the time. And it amazes me. But they get real frustrated very easily. And and so if you don't sit down and talk with them every once in a while and, and reassure them that they're doing a great job and yeah. and and pat them on the back because they, they feel like it's sometimes a thankless job, but it's mm-hmm. a very important job. And it is. It's it's you know oh, yeah. doesn't matter how good an arrangement it is, if it's if it's after the funeral, you're yeah. not they're not mm-hmm. gonna be happy. Or right. you know, I, I told the story the last time I was here about delivering a bunch of late flowers on Valentine's Day. So yeah. Being late is bad, yeah. and so having the deliveries do that and having them understand that that's just as important mm-hmm. and then trying to get everybody to work together because they can't leave until the designs are done. So now the, now the designers are part of that problem if you're late. And so right. the culture is... The only rule I have for them is that in every situation they are, I want you to do what you think is best for the company. Mm-hmm. That's the, really the only rule that, we fought, that I really push to them. Yeah. And the other one is trying to tell them, don't use the word no. They're not a lot. They can say no in so many different ways. Like mm-hmm. guy calls up at three o'clock in the afternoon or four o'clock. Can you get to here by then? No. Yeah. Uh, okay. All you've done is aggravate somebody. Right. If you go, all my drivers are out, inform them why we can't do it. You never have to use the word no. Mm-hmm. You've told them no, but you've informed them enough to where they go, well, you know, they couldn't do it, but at least... They yeah. talk to me about it. Yeah, yeah. And our philosophy has always been: don't tell them what you can't do; tell yeah. them what you can do. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I though I can't get there this afternoon, but I can get there first thing in the morning. Right. Can that work? Right. I can have it ready for you if you want to pick it up and swing by and pick it up. I can do this for you. I can yes. do that for you. I'll even, you know, we would even transfer an order to another floor so it was closer, mm-hmm. you know, and just so that they could get the flowers and they appreciate that. Now, now that I have that delivery service, I don't. Now they can call me at three o'clock, right? And yeah. I can still get out to Wedgefield by 5.30 or 6. So yeah. that's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. It's taken, you know, we went from a 600-square-mile to a 900-square-mile delivery area wow. in the same day. So it, it really helps a lot. But yeah. but trying to get them to, that's the harder part, is they're not owners. So they don't, when they have a problem, they have a, you know, it's, it's a slight problem. They don't feel comfortable yet because they don't own the business. They don't, you know, I'll give you 20 bucks off because you're not happy with the arrangement. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll replace it for free. You know, that's what really s- stops people in their tracks. All right. You know, when they call up and say, well, these flowers stink. Okay, <laughs> would you like, you know, I, I'd be glad to replace it for you if you don't like, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know darn well, I saw the arrangement. I made the arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the last time I did it. Well, they sent me a picture you know, on their phone. And I said, okay, we'll tell them to step back 20 feet and take a look at the arrangement and see if you still don't like it. But I'll fix it. Yeah. You know, and and they go okay because reviews. You, mm-hmm. I saw where you guys have done a, a podcast about reviews, and they mm-hmm. are important. They're mm-hmm. deadly important. And so, if you look at the distribution of all my reviews, I've got like everything's five except for like ten ones, mm-hmm. and those I can tell you every single one of them. Mm-hmm. And you know what we discovered though, David? Pe- people look at those reviews and they go. We know those ten people were soreheads. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. They'll, we get it. They're they're a fairly sophisticated market now. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll look at 
if you've got a lot of twos and threes and fours that are mm-hmm. doing that, now they're going to question what you're doing. But if you're getting all fives and all ones, then you know yeah. that everybody's saying great yep. service, and these people are just not, you know, like one guy, I remember he said, it stunk when I walked into the room and my flowers smelled the same when they got there. Well, he was allergic to baby's breath. Oh. And it was Valentine's Day and every arrangement's got baby's breath in it. Mm-hmm. And we had we had probably a hundred bunches of baby's breath out in the room and it, it's kind of a weedy smell. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. absolutely a no win for you. No, right. Yeah. I said, well, next time. So. Yeah. yeah. We, we, uh, I, I, when I look at reviews, I take the, uh, the Olympics approach, right? I take the, the highest score and the lowest score and I get rid of them and I look right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good philosophy. I, I, but I, I'm a void in the middle. Yeah. I mean, I, I only get high or low. Uh-huh. I, I don't really get much in the middle at all. It's, well, that's good. So it's a, yeah. look, there's three bad and there's three, and you have a million good. We'll just take three of the goods off and now we're good. I, uh, I, I, like I always say, we could take a hit if we had to. Um, some of the Yahoo's, I've actually had guys call up and kind of go, you guys got great reviews. But that one guy was a jerk, but you know, you got a great review. So everyone sees it, they, they get it. And as long as it's the consistency, and like you said, as long as that middle zone is, is clear. It's pretty good. I've actually had um, the last. I had three people that called me in with a complaint, and turned into a five star review. Mm. So I, that's that's culture. Yeah, that's when you know that you you're doing a good job. Of taking probably care a of your podcast customer. in just that concept right there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, they just said, "Well, I didn't really like the flowers." La da da da, and I and I go out of my way to take care of it for them, mm-hmm. and then I you know a little bit later, one of the things I really irks me is when you get a re- bad review and they never called you. Yeah. They mm-hmm. never gave you a chance to fix right. it. Yeah, we've had Because if you give too. me a chance to fix it, I'll fix it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'll make sure that you're happy. And and I, again, that's culture, mm-hmm. not policy. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't, it used to be, and for the most part it still is, that I don't want my designers taking complaints. A, it makes them nervous. Nobody likes, nobody likes hearing someone yell at you. Yeah. And it's hard for a designer to have made the arrangement and then not take it personally that that person didn't like what you did because mm-hmm. they're all good. Yeah. They're all good designers. And so over the years, I've learned to not take it personally, but mm-hmm. it's, it's taken time, you know, because right. especially when it's something that you know, you looked at, and you know, is darn well, it was a beautiful arrangement on the left. So unless the driver dropped it on its head, which they would have mm-hmm. told us about, and they're not allowed to deliver flowers damaged. Right. Um, you know that that's not really a legitimate complaint, but going out of your way to fix it, it just doesn't cost anything. And yeah. in the long run, it saves you so much because word of mouth is so, you know, we're very good with common community yeah. and Pine Council community on Facebook. They, they just love us. Right. They wouldn't love us if we didn't have a culture that made yeah. them feel home. home. Yeah. You know, people comment about when they walk in the shop, we take mm. them to the back. You know, there's so many different companies, you can't get past the front counter. Sure. But when you open up your house to people and you open up your shop to people, it's the same exact thing. You bring them back. They see the human side of you. They see you working. They see your work. They see the flowers. It's a win-win situation. So it, being open and inviting those people into your environment is so important to mm-hmm. those people walking in. They just love it. Yeah. I think I'm going to label this podcast Stories from a Business Owner. <laughs> Seriously, because it's like... Cause like you, you got to come back. We'll share some more stories because I think that as a small business owner, it's important to hear someone else's issues. I mean, oh sure. I mean, just to hear the the dialogue because because someone's going to listen to us and learn. Oh, I better take care of that. Yeah. You know, I don't don't send it to an email address I don't look at or whatever the thing is going to be. 
that they learn from. So I, all right, so come back. We'll do this again. Sure. I, uh, I'd love to. Let's, let's Enjoy it. tell everybody how to get a hold of Colonial Florist, how to get a hold of you if they need you. Mm-hmm. So it's colonialflorist at gmail.com is our email. Um, the website's Colonial Florist Orlando. Um, you, if you don't include Orlando, you're going to get what's called an order gatherer who mm-hmm. doesn't even own a flower shop, but they just advertise. Yeah. And so um, then the phone number is 407-896-4781. I always enjoy talking to people. Yeah. You'll notice that all of our designers like talking. It's a lot more efficient to get them yeah. on the online, mm-hmm. you know, because an average order takes about six minutes. Right. You know, and it takes about a minute to process an order that we have online. So mm. it's much more efficient that way. I, I've had customers that have been counts of mine for years. They come, they call me, and they talk about the arrangement, and they go, okay, I'm going to go online and order it. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just give it to me now yeah. while yeah. we're talking? Yeah. So. But. All right, yeah, give you give them a call. Well, listen, Colonial Floors is great. We we you gave us some flowers last year oh. here, and they were gorgeous. I got wives, so much traction them. with with the office staff and mm-hmm. with my wife. Yep, Liza are regarding our front the flowers, and they were beautiful. Loved them. So, thank you for being here. You I got to come back anytime again. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Whole New Wall Business Podcast with Bill and James. We'd love for you to join our Facebook group and keep the conversation going. If you'd like to learn more about us and our business, check us out at holeinthewall.com. If you'd like to learn more about how to start a Hole in the Wall franchise, go to holeinthewallfranchising.com.